is uh, afraid of the light, right? And I've been sitting on this for quite some time. Uh, so the Lord really wanted this communicated. So you have this graphic up here. And the graphic uh, represents how some of us harbor the darkness of envy and jealousy just not to embrace our neighbor's light. And so you see these people, they're trying to hide in darkness, and that ain't enough for them. They need umbrellas. <laughs> right, just to stay away from that light. That light is too much. Um, and some, so sometimes, like, we're okay if we're the only shiny person in the room. You know, uh, James always quotes uh, the smartest person in the room, but that was, all right, nobody else in here turn their lights on when I'm here because I'm, I'm the big light up in the room. Sometimes that's the only time we're happy when the attention is on us. Um, and so a lot of times when you start to grow closer to God, as was talked about in Zipporah's class, uh, the, the focus was, um, the topic was uh, ruled by the flesh. But we went into Ephesians 4, so my wife was reading out of the children's Bible. And so she's reading out of the children's Bible, and the first part of what you read in Ephesians 4, 17, talked about, um, hold on. Is it walking towards the light? Do you got that Bible right there? Oh, no, no, no. Wait, that's cool. I forgot. I, I took a picture. Duh. Innovative around here, right? All right, so the first part was living as children of light. Now, the whole Ephesians 4 is talking about what? Taking off all these corruptible things. So it's telling us how to live as children of light, right? And then when you get to, by the time you get to chapter 5, she didn't get to chapter 5, it says living in the light. So, so Ephesians is walking us through, okay, I got to get off all this darkness to live as children of light, right? When I get off all the darkness, now I'm living in the light. See, see, we may visit the light, but sometimes it's very hard for us to live in the light. And so, so I'm hanging out with Mr. Lamar. He's growing closer to God. I'm okay with talking about God, but I'm not really trying to. It ain't that serious to me. But then he keeps getting closer. So we was cool. We was hanging out. We was uh, 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 doing things we weren't supposed to do. But then he decided to go to Jesus. So I was like, okay, probably won't hurt. It's not like I don't believe in God. Then this, uh, I'm not, I was about to say this fool. Uh, then he goes and he started getting deeper. Okay, well, now I got a choice. Do I want to stay around him in his light? Or do I want to just remove myself? Because... You were okay when you was just talking about God here and there. But now you're trying to, like, 24 set like, that's a little bit too much. And so, 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 because I don't want to live in the light, I just want to, I just want to visit the light, right? If you ever, uh, I would recommend it's an old movie, but uh, The Case for Christ. And so her and her husband, they's hanging out, getting high, and she, somebody ministers to her, she decided to live for God. Well, while she's living for God, it's getting on his nerves. She's going to church. She's doing, I mean, it really was vexing him. And so he was, he was getting drunk. He was breaking up stuff. And he snapped on her one day. He was like, we had such a good time, you know, because they was getting high together. Basically, they weren't even really together, right? Because they both was in stupors. But he was like, now you're going to break brand new on me, you know, and she's like, but I can't put you before God. And he didn't understand it, so he talked to one of his professors. He was a writer. He, he pulled a surprise. And he says, uh, well, this is what you do. Use your skills. Go research why there is really no God. And then you can come back and you can let her know she's foolish. And so he had the resources to travel all over the world, so he went to the top physicians top archaeologists, you know, he, he went everywhere. He went and he was trying to research the oldest book, which is the Bible. I think a book by Nietzsche was uh, the oldest book, but it, it was thousands of years away from the Bible. So he's like, okay, all right. So then he goes to a surgeon and the, sur and, and, and the surgeon was saying, oh, no, basically all of our dynamics. And so he just broke it down from the medical field, Right. So then he goes to archaeologists. He says, oh, no, no, no. If you go look at the history, history shows. 
And so he's going through this research and going through this research, and then it hit him. All these places he went only prove there is a God. And so he ended up writing a book, The Case for Christ, right? But, but how, did he, how did he do it? He couldn't stand the light. He was afraid of the light. And he went actually to, to, to unintentionally pull his wife out of the light back in the darkness so they could be comfortable hiding together, right? But he only ended up what? Walking in the light, right? And see, as we're growing in this, this life, we'll find that uh, we'll deal with envy and jealousy, right? Now, this envy and jealousy is all, uh, all about, um, I have to have everything and all the attention. I'm only happy when everyone has nothing. That's what envy and jealousy is about. And, and you, know, you know why some of us shrink, uh, like we'll only get a certain level of success because we don't want to deal with the people that can't handle our life. You know what I'm saying? Like you, 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 get, you get stuff nobody has, and that's a little bit much, right? But then God is pushing you to go way beyond that. And you're like, uh, so, so even in your dreams, you're dreaming about what you have, but you're also dreaming about how people are going to handle it. So you're figuring out how to get it and not deal with the attention. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want this. Okay, but how are they going to deal with that? Like, for a long time, ooh, about to put all this out here. For a long time, well, probably even now, a lot of, a lot of my family don't know most of what I have or what I do. And I had a nephew who came to visit me. And he was like, oh, this is nice, this is nice. I said, well, I can't share it with the family because I would deal with envious and jealous. I ain't saying no names, but if you're bothered right now, probably talking about you, right? Y'all ain't hear me say a name, did I? All right, good. In this case, you see, you looking at this like, you talking about me? <laughs> so, and again, so, so I didn't take it personal, but, but, but I thought I was helping by shrinking my light. For a long time, I was a minister, but when ministry stuff came up with the family, I wouldn't be the one doing it. I would defer it. So we got in the environment, oh, no, no, you go ahead. To, to try to show the person what? Now, it ain't all about me. You go ahead. Now, sometimes I was saying go ahead, but I was the best person for the job. But I was doing that, what? So they would feel better. At the expense of the people that needed to get what God was saying. And then God checked me one day. He said, so we was in a situation. He told me what was going to happen. He says it's going to come up for an opportunity to share. When that opportunity comes up, you're supposed to preach this eulogy. The person asked me, but they asked me almost like as a matter of, you know, just, I'm asking, but I already know Keith's response is going to be, you go ahead. But when they asked me, I said, I got it. They said, were you sure? I said, I got it. Because God already told me what I was supposed to do. Right? No one had a clue of what God was trying to do that day. But God shaped and changed some lives, all because I was willing to display the light, not hide it. Right? All right, so this, 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 this envy and jealousy is interesting. Now, this is what happens. So, so some of y'all have been around people that were either your tutors, your trainers, your teachers, uh, your leaders, might be uh, people you uh, role models, people you looked up to, right? Now, the interesting thing is those relationships go through ships, could be your, your dad, it could be whoever the case may be, but they go through ships. Um, and the reason why it goes through ships because what you're pouring into them, they're taking as seed and they're going to, that thing is going to, a harvest is going to happen. And normally what you gave them is going to manifest in them greater than what you gave them, right? That, that's inevitable. You know, that's, it's, it's inevitable, right? And so, what I realized is, you know, because I, you know, I've, I've grown through so many situations and the Lord had gave me this one day. You receive us supporting and celebrating your moments of shine. This is what happens to the people we look up to. But have no love in the tank to reciprocate that support and celebration when our light begins to burst. So look, you receive us supporting and celebrating your moments of shine. 
but have no love in the tank to reciprocate that support and celebration when our light begins to burst. You're okay with us appreciating you. But you ain't got no love to reciprocate that appreciation when it's your turn. Where, where does that come from? You got to watch out for that. See, very few can be greedy for and generous with shine at the same time. You can't do both. See, God is shining the light through us to give it to others. It's not for us to uh, hoard or soak up just for ourselves, right? And this is the thing. What we're going to find through this teaching is, is people that can handle the light, that are not afraid of the light, that's rare air. That's rare air. And we're going to find you're in good company when you recognize that some of the people you thought were family and friends never were. It's not to put them down. This is maybe give you opportunity to evangelize to them, you know. But what I'm saying is you'll find out you've been sacrificing the things of God and, and for people that were never your family, friends, or your business partners. You're going to find that out, okay? Let's go to John 17. You, we're going to find out that there's a lot of people out here, and, and hopefully it's not some of us in the room, uh, but we already know if God is sharing stuff, there's some of us watching and some of us sitting here that's afraid of the light. Okay, if you find out you're afraid of the light, now you're going to have to adjust yourself to be able to handle the light, okay? Don't, don't, this, hey, this ain't the sit around and, oh, I've been afraid of the light. We ain't got time for, no, 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 no. We wasting too much time with that, right? Ain't that right, rock? I call him rock, but right? Right? Like, you know, we wasted too much time with self-pity, right? Right? It's a conversation we had this week. Great conversation, actually. All right, so James 17, 14. John 17, 14. My bad. <laughs> All right, it says, look, it says, I have given them, given them thy word. And the world, look, look, hated them because they are not what? Not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You know, Pastor Mel uh, highlighted this. I, I was going to jump on it that day, but I didn't because I knew it was coming up Sunday. But she highlighted this in the Bible study fellowship. So look, look, he, Jesus is talking about the disciples. He said, I gave them the word, which is powerful. He says, because now they have the word, which is truth. They, look, it says what? It says the world has what? Hated them. So we're in good company, right? If people can't handle the light, we're in good company, right? Actually, if people are comfortable around you and you're really living for God and they're not, what's wrong with that picture? Right? Right? It says, so, so they hated them. John 15. Let's go over there real quick. John 15, and we'll lock in here at verse 18. Again, we're talking about afraid of the light. It's rare air, you know, for people to really... Love our light. All right, so uh, verse 18. It says, if the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. All right, good, you're in good company, right? Right? It says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. It says, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my, if they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So what he's saying is, hey, once you start going deep in this, getting closer to Christ, you're going to experience some of the things Christ experienced, right? Right? But you can have victory over those things, right? That's what they talked about in the disciples' victory, right? Now, let's, let's uh, look at how this hate relates to being afraid of the light. Let's go to John 8. So, it's John 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12. Now, now, now... 
And uh, Bible study fellowship in the morning, we always say, what's your header? So my header is Jesus is the true light. So that means there could be a, a false light, right? Look, it says, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me, look, shall not walk in what? Darkness, but shall have the light of life. Right? So as we're following Christ, we're going to have some light on us, right? Now, the thing is, we could be tempted to shrink that light when we get around darkness. Right? We're shining all bright. Well, we can shrink that light because you see that face when you walk in. You know, like the person you was cool with, you ever, you ever see that face when you walk in? You know, like there's, there's a level of disgust and you're like, what did I do? So, so, so you don't even really know what you did, but you think I might be shining too bright. So you try to figure out a way to not smile or, or, or you'll overly be nice to the person. You ever do that? You know, hey, how you doing? I missed you. You know, you want that? Now, that's beautiful. Now, it ain't really all that looking good. But you're like, now, that, that's not, I like the way you put that together. You did good. Your, your hair, now your hair is on. Because you're trying to let that person know, hey, you don't have to hate. You're beautiful yourself. Right? You ever do that? Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know, I know. You know how to tell me, I know. See, the thing is, like, like, when I say, so, so we're walking with Jesus, walking in the light, people are going to be afraid of the light. They're going to hate on the light. And, and as we talked about, we're in good company. It's rare air that people can't even handle your light. You know, you know some of us don't want to even walk out of the house beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Because you're like, oh, Lord, I'm going to get attention. And if you're really going around a bunch of people or you're going around your girlfriends and, and let's say you, you, you happen to show up, and, you know, they got all their uh, either boyfriends or husbands or whatever, like, well, okay, let me dumb it down because, you know, if I so much as say hi, they're going to think, I, you know, um, I, I want their man or something. You know, same, same thing with guys. Like, you know, I find myself, I don't even, you know, I talk to people in the gym, but the, the women in the gym probably think I'm mean, you know what I'm Because I be talking to the guys, you know, like, I be like, almost like the person ain't there. You know, not even being cordial, that's probably not a good thing, but... It's for a reason. Right? When I say this rare air, look, eagles don't see many at their altitude either. Why? Because few can stomach that air. Right? And so, so, so when we start to operate in this life, we're, we're, we're living a, li- a life of light. Uh, okay, how about this? How many of you, this is great. How many of you, it seems like every, when you start them for God, it seems like everything you do uh, turns to gold. It seems like you, know, you try to do this, this happens. Then you try to do this, that happens. And at first, you just climb in for the blessings, right? You know, like when you just climb for the blessings. So when, the, when, when you break through to the first blessing, you're like, woo! You know, I've been waiting for this for a long time. But then I, behind that, another blessing comes. Yeah, woo! Then, then, another, then, then you like start to choke on the inside. Because you're like, uh-oh, another blessing. And they're already hating with the first two. You know, they hating because I got married. Then now they hating because I got the house. Now I got the kid. Now I took these wonderful pictures. So I can't post to everybody because then somebody's going to be hating because of the pictures. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, then I just got the promotion. You know, you're almost kind of like not even going in the interview really confident because you're like, how they going to handle that too? Right? You understand what I'm saying? You know, like you kind of, and then you almost like, this is too much. I listened to my wife one time. She was kind of telling the, our testimony up to this point. And I could see, it was like, wait a minute. She, she, matter of fact, she, she, she talked to me later. She was like, babe, this, it, I almost don't believe it. Like she's, I'm telling it, but I'm like, is this real? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, is they, are they saying, man, get out of here. Okay, right. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, but, but, but why can't it be? God says exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Can God do the exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think in our lives? Or are we going to smother it? We're going to shrink it. Right? All right, okay, good, good. I see y'all still with me here. See, this is the thing. <laughs> the reason why people are hating the light because they're, they live in greed. See, see, greed breeds darkness that keeps them thirsty for light. And so they're hating that your thirst is quenched. They need you just as thirsty as they are because they live in greed. 
they don't trust that God will uh, expose them to light also. So instead of absorbing it in a genuine friendship with you, they despise the exposure. See, okay, so, so, I, so I'm establishing a relationship with, uh, I use Pastor Mel because I have a phenomenal relationship with her. But listen, you understand, even with husbands, husbands and wives, you can get into competition. Y'all don't know that? So those that are moving towards it, I'm going to let you know. Some of y'all in relationships ain't even uh, marriage and there's competition, right? That's why people are trying to keep you away from the light, okay? All right, so, but, you know, there, there could be competition. There could be, now, where does the competition come from? Because we, we believe in a certain position, we're supposed to be the one with the attention, right? But if that's the case around us, we're going to be in trouble, you know, because with her brilliant self, she, she's always doing something. She always gets attention. So I got to be okay with that. I got to be okay with her gifts. She's phenomenally gifted. Um, she's got a lot of wisdom. And um, she gets a lot of favor. But I got to be okay with that. I can't be like, no, we ain't doing that. Why not? Well, we just ain't doing it. Only because she going to shine. You see what I'm saying? I, I got to be able to handle that. So, but if I'm greedy... I got to figure out a way to exploit or steal her light. But if I'm walking in the light, I'm going to appreciate the light because a relationship continues to evolve so a person gets brighter and brighter. So I might have been okay with their light at this level, but now they go to it. You ever see friendships change? Because you, cause you, you shine more, you're shining brighter now. And so they were okay with walking with you temporarily but now that your light is shining, all of a sudden they start acting funny. Happens in church too. I ain't hear a bunch of amens on that. But, but it does. It happens in church too. It happens like, you know, boy, can I say this? My wife said, yeah. So, so I watch every level we go to. Every level we go to from way to the dance studio. Right? But I watch shifts. I watch people okay with us being at the dance studio, but not at the next location, right? And then it was okay with the next location, but then not the next location. And it was okay with that, but then not when we came here, right? One person got, I don't know why this has come out. Uh, how can I say this? Can't think of no other way to say it. One person got bothered. We used to take people out to eat all the time. They got bothered because, and they told somebody, well, uh, Pastor Keith done broke brand new. We used to go out to eat uh, uh, every week. <laughs> what me breaking brand new? We couldn't afford to take. It was, it was a lot easier with eight people. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't it? I, I didn't get mad at the person. I was just like, well, if that's bothering you, ain't nothing I can do about that because we can't just keep. And, 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 and taking people out and doing some of the things we do at the church, we're just walking in love and benevolence. But you're not supposed to take it for granted. You don't shift to entitlement. Like, you don't shift to, I mean, obviously, you walk over to the discipleship class, or you come to the discipleship class, the books are free. But what happens is we, we got 2,000 people, and it's not in their budget to buy everybody's books. Now we're going to get offended. Man, they used to buy books for everybody. Now we got to pay for them. <laughs> I mean, Maybe I should just interview some churches. Like, people don't be giving the books away. You know, I just mentioned the books. All the stuff we give away, people don't be giving away. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, as we start to elevate, sometimes it could, it could be uh, uh, too much, right? Hopefully that's nobody here or watching, right? That's not you, right? Yeah, you. Okay. All right. This, this is what happened to Aaron and Miriam. They couldn't handle Moses' light and was afraid to approach him, remember? Let's look here at uh, Exodus 34. Now remember, uh, Aaron and Miriam, you know that's Moses' what? Right. So Miriam was the sister that did what? That's a sister, she was, was right, right, right. Remember she followed him down the, down, the, down the river when they were trying to make sure he didn't get killed, right, remember? Right? And made sure she found where his location was, right? Right? So, 
so they could assist his, his, his being brought up, right? So she saw he was valuable enough. Look, she wasn't hating him, right? She wanted so to make sure he got where he had to go safely and make sure as he was growing up, he got what he needed to get through the, you know, the early years of nurturing, right? Look, look, so she wasn't bothered by his light at all. Right, uh, Exodus 34, 29. It says, uh, and it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai. So this is, he saw the light, which was the burning bush, went spent time in the presence of God, right? It says, it came down when, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two ta- tables of testimony, you know, tablets for the Ten Commandments, in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mountain, Moses wist or did not, uh, did not know that the skin on his face shone while he talked with him. So he didn't realize that the more he spent time around the presence of God, the more brilliance was on him, right? And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin on his face shone or was shining, it says they were afraid to come nigh him or near him. Like, so, so when he came down, they were afraid of the light. And if you, if you watch, there's situations where, uh, there was a situation where Moses, I mean, Aaron, Miriam and Aaron was like, well, you ain't the only one to hear from God. They've been rolling with him the whole time. He's the person that was in the mountain. He comes down with the tablets that they didn't carve out, right? You know what I'm saying? That was supernaturally carved out. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. But now, you're the only one. Now, you ain't the only one to hear from God. They couldn't handle his light. See, they, 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 they were rolling with him, but for a time, and all of a sudden, they flipped on him because they was afraid of the light, right? And, and you see this uh, with Cain couldn't handle Esau's light, right? To a point where, what? He killed him. And, and if you think about it, what happened? Esau was favored God's presence all over him because of the offering he gave. Cain gave, he was greedy. He didn't give his best. He kind of gave his leftovers. Esau gave his best to God. That's, that's, and then God comes to Cain and says, why have your countenance fallen? Why have you lost your light? See, envy and, envy and jealousy will cause loss of light. And, and, and I'll, I'll say this. I know this ain't the relationship boot camp. Some of us looking for, for, for relationships need to get rid of that envy and jealousy. Because that, that future mate can't see you because you're walking in darkness. Amen. And you know, what, you know what your cover is? Envy and jealousy. Yeah. Can't even see you. You don't even realize it's affecting your light. Guess what? God's looking to promote you. Can't see you because your countenance has fallen. Drinking that envy and jealousy. <laughs> Y'all can see what I see. All right, so, and that's what happened to Joseph's brothers. Gets the coat, this, that, and the other. They hate him. To a point, they put him in a pit. Their first thought was to kill him. Look, look, light, people are so afraid of the light, they're willing to take you out so they don't have to deal with your light. Right? That didn't work. Put him in a pit, send him to slavery. This is their brother. Little brother. And they was willing to, hey, he gone. We'll continue to live life as if he, do, as if he doesn't exist. But guess what? We don't have to deal with his light. Which is retarded. Underdeveloped thinking. You know why? Because you want the light. That's how you find your way out of darkness. You remove the light, you're going to stay in that darkness. You want to be around people that has light. Uh, listen, same thing happened with John the Baptist. Couldn't handle Jesus' light. Let's look here at Matthew 11. Now, now, we're going over this because uh, as we continue to press, and as some people around here are pressing at a whole nother level, uh, you can see it all on them. I know some of y'all couldn't be here. Uh, I don't know if our family out in the woods got reception. So if not, you'll see this after you come out of the woods, you know. So 
<laughs> out there camping. You know? <laughs> well, I got some jokes for you and you come back. But anyway, but I'm a city boy. I guess I don't count. You know, I'm not going camping, okay? Don't set no trips up for camping. I'm not, you know, I'm from Brick City. So I didn't even know about the, the whole snake thing that Amelia talked about. You know, you don't grab a snake by the tail when he's doing the uh, Bible study fellowship. And uh, they were saying how God told Moses to grab the snake by the tail. You know, she's like, well, you know, everybody know you don't grab a snake by the tail. Everybody did not know. But I do know I probably wouldn't have grabbed it by the tail because I'd be worried about it biting me. I'd grab it by the neck, you know, because I'm close to what could harm me. But I never knew that. Right. You know why? I'm not from, I'm from the city. There was no, well, there was snakes in the city. They were different. <laughs> oh, did you get that one? <laughs> look, look, at least you can see your snakes. <laughs> yeah, we had some, ooh. There's been snakes in church. Y'all ain't seen no snakes in church? I just want to see who's going to say, like, look, see? You see how he was like, yup. I'm like, listen, that's not putting nobody down. That's just like, you know, until people really walk into the light, they can potentially be snakes. They could be deceptive. They could be envious. They could be jealous. And they could be evil. All right, so I said it humorously, but when I say that, because, you know, well, you don't want to say that. I didn't say no names. What I'm telling you, because for the person that, always wants to look on the bright side. You don't realize that people are being affected by the dark side that you're ignoring. And so if we don't talk about it, they can think they're crazy. That's why people get frustrated in church because they go, well, it's not supposed to be in church. It's not supposed to be in church. Jesus walking in the synagogue and an unclean spirit jumped up. Master, like, like, this is my time. Well, he was in the synagogue. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Not because people want to be evil, but as uh, James and them was talking about in the um, uh, discipleship class, Disciples Victory, man, he's trying to get a foothold. And until we are, are, are disciplined or discipled or really have a full understanding like you were talking about today, you know, we don't really, if we're not educated, right, he's just running, running rapping in our lives. You know, uh, you know, uh, I learned down here, I never heard a snake away until I came down here, but <laughs> I never had no need for it. But they put snake away for a reason. They're building a barrier, what? To keep what? If you're not putting no barriers to keep the snakes out, guess what? There you go, right? Are, are they coming because you're trying to be evil? Why are they coming, right? For, for a reason, why? Because what? The Bible says, well, he's seeking whom he... Exactly. So you're the nourishment for that day, right? All right, so let's go to Matthew 11, 2 through 6, right? <laughs> he said no, right? <laughs> All right, it says, now when Jesus had heard in the prison the works... I'm sorry, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ... He sent two of his disciples. So John gets locked up. Now, this is John that prepared a way for Jesus. So look, Jesus doesn't show up. John is preparing a way. So that means he's preparing a way for the light, right? And even when they start talking to him, he says, man, listen, don't pump me up. The person coming behind me is greater than I can't even latch his shoes. I can't even walk in his shoes. So he was what? Highlighting Jesus, right? Everything he was saying was about Jesus, right? So, so he was appreciating the light of Jesus, correct? All right, so here he started hearing about the things Jesus was doing while he's what? Locked up. So his circumstance shifted. He's not free now. He's locked up. So he's in jail. And he says, uh, now when John heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. And he said... And said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Now, why is John sending the disciples, after he heard about what Jesus is doing, to saying, Are you the Messiah, or should we look for another? When he was, before he even showed up, was saying, I can't last your shoes, and Jesus showed up to get baptized. He goes, That's him right there. So now we're now we flipping the script now. 
We're questioning him. We're putting questions in his mind. All right, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, unto his disciples, go and show John again, right, those things which you do hear and see. It says, it says the blind receive their sight. So he says, don't let them get it twisted. Let them know what's happening. Blind and receiving the sight, the lame, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Right, that's a whole nother sermon. I was about to slip into that, but that's a whole nother sermon. Right? Now, verse 6. He says, and, oh, share this with him too. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So he said, oh, I'm going to answer your question. Show him everything that he heard is actually happening. Oh, but make sure you tell him this. You, people are blessed if they don't get offended, if they don't get afraid of my light. See, he got offended. He was okay when his light was a little flicker. But when his light was shining so bright, it, he, he felt it in the prison. He shifted on them. So he, so, 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 okay, so John is, is, uh, well, I don't want to use a person. So picture my, my best friend, well, fictitious best friend, okay, just in case some of y'all that I grew up with was thinking it's you, okay? All right, fictitious best friend. So we grow and uh, we, we, oh, no, we use basketball. We hooping together, right? So we hooping together and, you know, we hoop together through middle school, we hoop in the playground you know, through high school. Uh, well, then, now it gets to a point where I, I, I realize I got to do more than I'm doing. So I start, I put in some work, right? But my friend, they're not putting in work, right? So I go to college to play. Well, now that's going to what? That's going to shift the relationship, right? Because they ain't going to college, Right? Then, you know, they, they show up, you know, because you go to the neighborhood, we have our pro-ams and stuff, and they see me playing against this person and that person they saw on TV. Well, now it's like, oh, he ain't all that. Oh, he done broke brand new. I ain't, first of all, you ain't talked to me. You ain't talked to me, you just, you viewed me. And so what happens? Now you're afraid of the light, right? As a, you, you, you can only celebrate me so far. I can celebrate. I had people when I was struggling, we got along great. Right. When I stopped struggling, all of a sudden they changed on me. Right. You, uh, you think you all that. What am I supposed to do? Stay struggling for the rest of my life? I can't get myself together? Right? I can't achieve dreams and goals. So if I, if I move towards a dream and goal, I got to check with you to make sure it's not beyond what you think you can handle? Is that what we're doing? So I can stay local, but I can't be national. Oh, and I definitely can't go worldwide, right? Is that, is that how we're doing it? So what happens is, while you're around me, you're going you're gonna to feed me things to have me second-guessing moving towards greater light. But because I've trusted you as a close friend, I'm open to you because at, a, at this stage, we're going to do this together. We're going to do that together. Like, we like this. But the information I'm getting, hey, I was thinking about doing such, nah, you don't want to do that, man. You don't want to do that. You know, hey, 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 I know a lot of people that try to do that, man, and they put themselves in a lot of situations. You really want to think this through? Are you giving me wisdom? Or are you afraid of the light? Right? And that's, that's, that's kind of, as, as we continue to grow, we, we have to keep moving. We can't allow uh, people being afraid of the light to stop us. You know, that's what happened to Judas. Judas couldn't take it. Right? You know, he betrayed him with a kiss. Judas was a disciple. You're rolling with Jesus. You see signs, wonders, and miracles. For a few coins... You sold them out because you couldn't handle the light, right? We don't have to read that, but that's uh, Matthew 26, 48 through 50. Remember Job's friends? 
the Bible opens up and says Job was blessed. Matter of fact, when, when, when God found out that Satan was trying to attack him, he said, have you considered my servant Job? But it was a rhetorical question. I know you've been looking at Job. And Satan said, yeah, I could take him out if he didn't have this hedge of protection around him. He said, no, no. He says, I'll tell you what. He says, you can test him. You can't kill him. Now, somebody might read the Bible and go, well, why did he allow that? Job was just minding in those, his own business. Read through the scripture. Job realized it in Job 3.25. The thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Kids start flipping and tripping, so Job started giving offering out of fear, not out of his love for God. So he opened the door, so God had, had to allow the adversary to tempt him and test him, right? But now his boys was rolling with him because he was blessed and, and righteous in all the land. So he, he got favor. So they're rolling with him when they can benefit from him. Now when he needed their support, they flipped on him. Even his wife couldn't handle the light. Oh, man, curse God and die. Right? So, so, so we have to realize as we keep evolving through these different stages, everybody's, some, we're going to have some light haters. Right? Some light haters. Now, the thing is, you can walk around naive if you want to, but you're going to set yourself up for pain. And then you're going to say, well, I don't understand. You know, I was there for them. If, you, if you're too busy to pay attention, you don't realize there's people around that are light haters right now. Everybody walk around going, that's just the way they are. No, that's not the way they've always been. That's the way they became because of that light on you. <laughs> that light shining too bright, right? And so, so again, uh, uh, David dealt with light haters, right? David dealt with it. Obviously, Saul couldn't handle David's shine, right? Look here, Psalm 142.4. Psalm 142.4. You know, David was a, a, a major part of Psalms being written. So Psalm 142.4, just for the sake of time, I'm going to read it. It says, uh, I looked on my right hand and, and beheld, but there was no man that would know me, really knew me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Nobody could handle the light. I kept looking around, and I was getting lonelier and lonelier the more I elevated. Psalm 41.9. Psalm 41.9. Again, we're talking about being afraid of the light, and as we, we, we grow, we're going to realize that only the, the, it's rare to have best friends, but only the people that's been, uh, remember we, we did the message of anointed associations? So only the people that's really designed to handle our light, God wants us to round, around. That's why he says, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Why? Because he's like, after a certain period of time, you're going to be immobile to stay comfortable with the same people that, are afraid of the light, right? The, the, you're you're, you're going to have to consider opening up to other friends if the friends around you can't handle the light. They may come back later when they start to walk in the light themselves, but oh, well, we'll get into that later. All right, Psalm 41.9. It says, yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which to eat of my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Look, my, my familiar friend that knew me and I know them, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread. They, they's in my house, right? They had all access. I shared everything that was going on with me. It says, has lifted up his heel against me. That's the person that got me, right? It was my, it wasn't my enemy, it was my brother. That's why some of us don't have best friends because very few can sustain our shine. There's very few people that can sustain our shine. So what I mean by that is some people can tolerate your shine. Those aren't best friends. They're temporary associations. Best friends can, they don't shift at whatever level you go to. I'm not talking about they hooked you up with a couple of dollars. You know, 
that still could be the show that they're superior and you need them. I'm talking about they can celebrate you even if you elevate above where they are. No matter what you do, they still are excited. They can, they can celebrate your birthday without thinking they're missing out on theirs. That's why very few of us have best friends because very few people can handle that shine, right? Now, some people get weary with waiting on uh, God's true anointed associations, so they just compromise and just hang around people that know good and well can't handle your shine. Like Superman around kryptonite. You ain't got no power around them, right? And no light because you got to keep your light suppressed for them to enjoy being around you. Like we walking around with truth, we ain't going to share it because I don't want them uncomfortable. You know, because of their status, they probably don't want to receive this. But why can't you totally express who you are around who you're around? If you're, if you're suppressing the light, you got to re- re- rethink that relationship. Or you got to sit down and say, listen, just let y'all know going forward, the light's going to be on full blast. Guess what? You're going to find out who your real friends are. Amen. Do you really want to know? Yeah. Yeah. Got about four people that really want to know. <laughs> no, 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 but that's not, I'm not saying that to, to put anybody down because let's be honest, some of y'all didn't say it, you know, Maybe we should pull that mic out. But some of y'all really, some people really, some of y'all watching the TV land, you really don't want to know. I really don't want to, I don't want to know who my real friends are. I'm just going to simulate relationships. People have already showed you who they were. Under pressure, they've showed, oh, no, you ain't worth all that. But we flipped that into, nah, they really just didn't understand what they were thinking at that particular day. No, yes, they knew what they was thinking. They said what they was thinking. But you're, you're, we're acting now. We're pretending. But why would you, listen, so I'm 60. I'll be 61 in August. But I remember when I was 40, I was like, man, I ain't got no, I can't be wasting moments now. Like, I got to have some, some, I got to make some accurate decisions. Like, I can't, otherwise I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing at 60. But you know what? I remember when I was 30. I was like, oh, man, I'm 30 years old. What? Listen, we got, we got to make some moves here. Like, we can't. And then I started to just see. I, listen, I, you probably won't mind me saying this because you told it. It's the truth. So I started working with a person I grew up with, uh, and we called each other best friends. Right? That was, that was our flow. And so... <laughs> I don't know if I want to say the first part. I'll say the second part. So we started working together, and when I started working in corrections, I became more transparent and more vulnerable. You know, you can't work with the kids unless you open up, right? And so so now I'm opening up to everybody. So everybody I talk to, no surface conversations no more. Like, I get around you, wait, whoa, 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 what was that? Why you do that? You know, I notice you do such and such. Like, I'm just like, if you're around me, I'm like that. I can't. No, no, uh, what is it? Living in a loophole. No elephants in the room. I'm going to be like, hey, you got an elephant right over there. Let's talk about that. So, so we're, <laughs> we're having this conversation in the gym, and this is what he said. He said, man, you know, to be honest, I couldn't stand you when we was growing up. Now, mind you, we were best friends. <laughs> so we're around each other the whole time. And what? Couldn't stand me. I'm endorsing, oh, yeah, I know him. That's my best friend. But he couldn't stand me. And he said, he said, because it's like you act like you knew everything. And what I told him, I said, I said, I said, take yourself back in time. If you take yourself back in time, I didn't talk about everything. I only talk about the things I knew. So my percentage is going to be greater than somebody just always talking. Somebody always talking is going to be wrong a lot because they're being emotional. If I didn't know something, I'm not talking because I don't know. If I, and some of the things I thought I knew, I had to get some adjustments and corrections on. He was like, well, I never looked at it that way. I said, yeah, like, 
Like, I'm paying attention. Like, I didn't live life, dude. <laughs> like, I'm paying attention. And so, but, but it was a point there. He couldn't stand it. And then when, when they would come to my house, like, it could be my birthday. Yo, we, gonna, we, gonna, uh, we got some of this for you. You know, we got one kid in here. But we got some of this for you. And uh, what are we going to do? Oh, we going to ride around the city? I've seen the city before. Man, it's your birthday, man. I said, I've seen the city before. If we going somewhere, cool. But if we just going, man, there you go, man. You trying to spoil everything. That was the thing people say. But I'm like, it makes no sense. When I travel with the college team, we be sitting in the room talking about other players at other schools. I don't want to talk about the guy from Syracuse. I'm going to be playing against the guy from Syracuse. So why would I want to talk about him? I'm going to run into him one day. There you go. You're being antisocial. Call me what you want, but we ain't talking about nothing. I wasn't even living for God. I just couldn't sit around talking about nothing. Don't get mad. That's what I was thinking. So I just go to my room and watch videos or something. I'm like, wait, wait. What are we doing? Do you understand what I'm saying? But that, what was happening is I was changing and didn't realize it. I could front very well, but I, I would slip out. Keith would slip out. You ever just been around people and you say something, you really mean it, and they go, you see the reaction? You go, no, I was just playing. I was just playing. I was just playing. I would be doing stuff like that. Like, I would be slipping out because I wasn't designed to smother me. I wasn't designed to settle for. Act like somebody loved me. No, we won't be acting. I'd rather be alone than act like somebody loved me. Because you know why? Because if I'm acting like somebody loved me, I am alone and I'm dealing with their nonsense too. I'd rather be by myself. And she will tell you I was by myself when, she, when I met her. I'm good with that. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't want nothing counterfeit. And we shouldn't want nothing counterfeit. Right? Like, we need to spend the next months finding out who really loves us. You know how you're going to find out? Turn that light on blast. Let it shine. <laughs> I don't know what y'all going to do with that. Some people be flipping some stuff I say in the stuff. I don't know what y'all going to do that. You convert anything into let it. I'm letting it shine. The pastor said let it shine. <laughs> Family going to be calling us. What did you say to my child? <laughs> All right, who can come close to, this is, this is the best friend. Who can come close to us? And resist, or better yet, kill Envy's voice. So the people that's going to be around my light, who can give you, stay close to me as I'm elevating and the and, and Lord's pouring more light on me, they can resist, or better yet, kill the envy that tries to rise up in them. That's the people you want to be around. Amen. You know how these love-hate relationships that, that we be rolling with? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? There's people around you right now. You, you, you see their face as soon as I said it. It ain't love, hate. Trust me, it ain't love, hate. When it looks like love, that's the front. That's, that's the tolerance. In the core, I can't stand being around this person. <laughs> all giddy and everything. It ain't, it ain't all that. <laughs> Get serious. I tell you this. When I first started playing basketball, I was late playing. So I walked on to my college team. So I'm playing, and in our school, everybody came to Knicks practice after us. So in the summertime, all the top pros, top college players, Seton Hall players, everybody came to our school. Uh, we had a semi-pro team called the New Jersey, uh, not New Jersey Generals, but New Jersey Blazers. And so everybody comes to school. So we plan. I'm playing with these guys. And, and this guy comes up to me and said, Keith, uh, four scouts have asked me about you. And they all say the same thing. And I said, well, what's that? He said, they say you don't take the game serious. I didn't know what he was talking about because I was serious. You know what was bothering people? I laughed the whole time I played. Because it was chess to me. You know, I crossed over, whoo, whoo, whoo. Like I'd just be making noise. 
I would go to West 4th Street. I'd be, I used to do commercials. Keith Bradley comes down the court, goes up, throws the hook off the glass, and it's good. And I run down the court. And the shot, I'm making a shot, so I'm saying this. And I'll be like, oh, and he backs him down. He backs him down. And I'm a Washington fan, so Elvin Hayes had a commercial. He used to be, uh, it was this guy, he was going through some mental stuff. He'd be sitting in the stands. He would be like, get that rhythm while Elvin Hayes was making this move. Get that rhythm, get that rhythm. And Elvin Hayes would turn, and the little boy would say, shoot that ball. That's my man. I would do that commercial playing basketball. I'd be like, get that rhythm, get that rhythm. Ah, shoot that ball. That's my man. And so guys would be getting mad, obviously. Um, I'd, I'd steal it from you. I kept changing my pocket. I'd shake the change, say, I took your lunch money. You know, but I was really just having fun. No, literally. Like, I really wasn't, like, I didn't think I was all that. I knew I could play if I enjoyed the game. You know what they took from me when that scout came up to me? That joy. Because I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm laughing too much. I'm smiling too much. I smiled the whole time I played. I love playing. I love tricking people. They set up three people against me. I was like, okay, I'll be over there in a second. Before you know it, I'm there. And I'm laughing the whole time. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> you know, now I'm, I'm all business serious. Stone. That's where I got the stone from. Before that, I smiled all the time. Go look at all the pictures that, that they be finding. I'm smiling. I smiled at my wedding. I can't help smile all the time. But, I, but that culture taught me to be stone. But I really just enjoyed playing. People would want to fight because I was laughing the whole time. And they were trying to cuss me out and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, that's supposed to work, <laughs> right? And you know what I'm saying? Like, so I started dumbing down my light. Then certain people would be bothered because I was doing stuff. Listen, I lived in a house. We talked about this at the, at the last funeral I did. I did the funeral for one of the people that was in the foster home that I was raised in. So some of the people I hadn't seen since 1980. And so I told the story. I said, well, a lot of stuff I wouldn't do at the house because they would go, they would tell their grandchildren, you need to get good, good, good grades like Keith. I'm like, no, no, no. And so... You remember this. We already talked about it. So I like winning, but I figured the stuff out. I don't know if y'all know what Jax is. Y'all know what Jax is? Oh, they still do Jax in y'all culture? Uh, no, nah, I didn't know. I mean, you know. But I would, I would, I would figure out how to win in Jax. I would figure out how to win. I know y'all probably don't know what Tops is. Y'all know what that is? Oh, y'all know what Tops is? Okay. So I figured out ways to win in Tops. Basketball, one time I beat uh, their grandson. He jumped on my back and started swinging on me because I won. And I, and I was laughing the whole time while I was winning because this is when I was really younger, so I, that, nobody had corrupted my light back to so, so, but now I got, as I, I'm old, I was like, oh, that's what it was. They just couldn't stand the light. I was naive that the light was shining. So I didn't get it. Like, why is, why is people tripping on me? I didn't do nothing. I, didn't, I couldn't see the light. Some of y'all can't see the light, and you're wondering, why are they coming at me like that? I'm telling you why. They're afraid of the light. See, the maturity is not just learning things about God. Maturity is walking in the liberty of the light that God pours through you. You can't be dousing the light, and, and, and some of y'all do it. You get around folk, and... Uh, I won't say nothing about Jesus, you know, because they going to, you know, this ain't a Jesus crowd. Oh, you showed up. It is a Jesus crowd. It's a Jesus crowd because you showed up. So how many people share their light on the same, with the same illumination in every arena that they're in? So that means some people get you to smother your light, right? And what it is is you recognize they're afraid of the light, Right? See, we need people to be around us that have genuinely ripped out jealousy's vocal cords. That's not even an option. You know, and and then you'll you'll say to yourself, have I truly found a friend and anointing association or a plan of the enemy? Right? Have I truly found a friend? Are you my horsepower or are you my Trojan horse? Y'all know what the Trojan horse is, right? Greek mythology. They act like they was offering a gift. 
So they gave him this big horse, right? And they, and the, the, you know, and they were like, wow. So they, they got drunk and started celebrating. Well, all their soldiers was inside the horse. And why, once they got drunk, they came out and destroyed them. So it really wasn't a gift. It was a way to get in close to their camp and take them out. I told the story because I, had, I saw looks where people didn't know the story. So I can't assume Greek mythology was actually one of my classes in college. That's the only reason why I know it so well. Okay? All right. So, 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 <laughs> so I'm asking these people that come around me, even my future wives, my future husbands, my friendships, uh, even my church, can you live... Can you live in the midst of my design's truth, or am I your enemy because I represent the truth? So in other words, can you, miss, can you live in the midst, of, the midst of my design's truth? So truth is finding reality, what God designed me to be. And if I walk in that, I'm gonna, it's going to be brilliant because God doesn't create anything less than brilliant. So we need to add that to the questionnaire uh, for uh, uh, premarital, Right? Because it's kind of like we're around people, and as soon as, we, soon as the light comes, they change on us. As soon as we start saying the truth, and this is why you, we do relationship, uh, premarital, well, I'm going to go courtship, because courtship is the, is the fire. You don't necessarily have to be together in courtship. But the reason, the reason why we do that is to put everything on the table, because people, it's bait and switch. How many of y'all been in a bait and switch relationship? Let's go ahead and put your hands up, yeah. Some of y'all don't want to put your hands up, but okay. All right. The bait and switch is, this seemed like it was going to be wonderful. But as soon as I committed, they flipped on me. But they didn't change. They were fronting when you met them. And these days, all I got to do is read your, your page, you know, and they just be whatever you want them to be, right? And so we call it bait and switch for that reason. It's like, and so we go through courtship so there's no bait and switch. We can put everything, all the truth is on the table, right? And so a lot of times we go, well, I don't want to know the truth because uh, I feel so good. No, you're infatuated. Infatuate is, infatuation is not genuine, true, agape love. Infatuation is you feel good in the moment. That's the butterflies. That's saying the person is worth going through courtship, the fire. If they come out of the fire, we engage and we go get married. But, but a lot of times we don't want to do that. Well, it's just like we're in love. But well, we don't really need all that. But you're frustrated. You know why? Because in your heart of hearts, that person's not committed to you. Because they're committed to you, what's the big deal then? If you're going to be together, why not commit to be together? Why not seal the deal? Right? Amen. I'm going to commit to your light and every level that your light is going to. And I'm committing to tell you I'm going to assist your light shining bright, and no matter how bright it shines, you'll always get the same level of love from me. You can walk in truth. We operate in a relationship. We give each other permission to be ourselves as we're growing. So it doesn't mean permission to be ourselves is if we're immature, you can just stay immature for the rest of your life. No. Permission to be the core of who we are and not, you know, by now we're probably almost exactly alike, but as we've grown, different personalities, different worldviews, and both of us have a level of brilliance on our life. Just like around here, all these people teaching, preaching, and uh, counseling, there's some, there's some bright folk around here. Imagine if, if we were insecure pastors. Ain't nobody doing nothing. You just wait 30 years until we maybe retire and, or something like that. And then maybe you can, you know, hey, we let you go to people's house and do communion and stuff, but you can't preach or nothing like that. I don't want nobody getting no attention from you messing with my light. It doesn't even happen like that around here. These people are great. Why? Because so, we have to celebrate their light. And at every level people grow to, grow at, we still have to be supportive and loving and caring and empowering. We can't choke, but some of us choke. We're okay as long as nobody's bright. Right? And that's, that's, a, that's a dangerous place to, to be. Scripture says, am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? Am I your enemy because I'm shining my light? 
And listen, it's, 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 it's hard, even for me. It's hard to consistently share the light. Sometimes I have to check myself because I realize somebody got me. I'm in a situation and I know it's going to be uncomfortable if I do what I'm going to do. And I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll filter it. <laughs> and then the Lord's like, what was that? Is that walking in liberty? Come on, Mr. Revelation. No, you, I, you said you was going to keep the light on blast. Look like you turned that light down. So they could be uncomfortable. But when you turn the light down for them to be uncomfortable, God said, Keith, you made me uncomfortable. Because I'm pouring that light through you to show that light on them. We'll talk about it next week to draw them out of darkness into the marvelous light. Right? And so, so again, as we continue to grow in this life, don't shrink because people are going to be afraid of the light. Don't stop pressing towards the things of God because people's going to pray to the light. Uh, people are going to be afraid of the light. And, and again, I'll tell you even around here, it's the same thing with us. Like, we got to share the truth or the light regardless of how uncomfortable people are. Because otherwise they're going to stay in darkness. This is your confidence. Your confidence is this. Even if people are uncomfortable with the light now, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to need the light. But guess what? You know where they're going to run to? The person that's been sharing the light. But a person that's been dousing their light just to be comfortable around them, they're going to need light, but they ain't coming to you because you haven't expressed light. So keep that light on blast. It's, it's normal for people to be afraid of the light. That's the initial reaction. In a dark room, somebody turn on the flashlight, turn that light down. Right, right, right. That's, you... you, you you, are, what, 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 you react because it's uh, shock of exposure. You know what I mean? Because I've been in the dark, right? It's shock of exposure. But you can, your, your, your eyes can adjust to the light, right? Your heart can adjust to the light. All right, that's all we have for today. Let's stand to our feet.